I'm Lake Miller. And I'm Emma Scoville. Welcome to Gym City Diversity, a podcast where we talk about diversity and inclusion in the Dayton area. We are from the National Conference for Community and Justice of Greater Dayton, or NCCJ. NCCJ works in the Miami Valley to increase understanding around the topics of diversity and inclusion. Today is our second episode of our three-part series highlighting the 2019 KKK rally in Dayton. We have joining us today Mayor Nan Whaley, Mayor for the City of Dayton. We will be exploring the May 25th, 2019 KKK rally. Due to the current restrictions in place due to COVID-19, this episode is being recorded remotely to promote social distancing. So to start out with, can you talk about some of the emotions or reactions that happened within your office a little over a year ago when you first became aware that the KKK had applied for a permit? Yeah, I mean, I think for my office and the my staff, it was I mean, it was it was really tough because it was something that we had to figure out how to communicate to the community that this wasn't our community. It was somebody coming from outside and um and you know, I think it was uh we we would we would feel like some extremes in in both because of the nature of the people that call the city hall. And mm-hmm. so, and so that is that is difficult. Um, when I look back now and I think about it, it probably prepared us for the whole year in a way, because uh, right. you know here was this we thought was the biggest thing that was cool, we were going to have to deal with that year, and it was probably one of the less major things, which is strange mm-hmm. to think of, but it was something that we spent months on uh, and, and spent months of time preparing and you know and trying to do everything in our power to make sure that there was no violence that day. Sure. You know, you mentioned kind of these citizens reaching out to the office. What were citizens saying? What what were the things that you were hearing? Well, I mean, some people were very angry about, uh, you know, thinking that we had control to allow them here. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, looking back, we would do a lot of things differently. I mean, you just don't know, you don't know what to prepare for because we hadn't had somebody like this come in from out of the community for decades. Right. So we were getting like a lot of, you know, social media that, you know, and I think also in the context of Charlottesville, these things have really changed. And so it has, you know, it was like you have to like over prepare for them. People were upset about the cost. People were upset about um, us like like perceiving that we we allowed them to come. And when it's not even a, we don't even permit the site, it's a county site. So right. we, had no, we had no say on that. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of things that were out of the city you know, direct control. And so we really only had the way to message, message things. And then there were people that, you know, were angry because we told people not to come downtown and they wanted to come downtown. Uh, but we, we felt like safety was paramount. And so we tried to create places where like at Macintosh park in partnership with NAACP mm-hmm. where folks could, you know, show our unity, but not right next to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because, because of, what happened in Charlottesville, we were just very, very aware that we didn't want to put Dayton on the map in that way. You've kind of mentioned being prepared. So a lot of work obviously happened to make sure that safety would be upheld. So can you talk a little bit about the conversations that took place while the city and and county were planning for this rally and determining how to respond to it? Well, the the county really wasn't involved at all. So at first sight, they approved the permit, and they basically were like, this is your issue, city which was disappointing. Yeah. Um, response was really led by Dayton police. And so, 
you know, there was a lot, and, and the FBI, and so there was a lot of discussion about, you know, what was online and what was expected social media-wise, and then also, and then there's just a lot of communication. My side was more of the communication to the public and trying to have also these community conversations. I think one of the good things we were able to do was to have these conversations where, particularly in the African-American community, you know, it was in the white community, it was, I can't believe they're coming. This isn't our community. And in the black community, it was, hey, we feel racism every single day. And this mm-hmm. is just like the mm-hmm. biggest affront ever, but we feel this every day. And so then to have those conversations uh, as a community, I think were really helpful um, for people to gain perspective of, of each, people standing in each other's shoes. So that was, a, I think that was a, you know, a byproduct um the hate group com- hate group coming to town. Mm-hmm. So it seems interesting to me, and I think you're kind of mentioning it here. Um, this seemed to have been kind of an equalizer. A lot of people from all sorts of different aspects of life came together at this event. We talked to Austin Rayleigh um, mm-hmm. in our Citizens episode, and he mentioned the event at Macintosh Park and that there's people from all walks of life with differing opinions but who are coming together for this one mission, this one vision. Can you talk about, like, your feelings from that actual day and kind of the emotion you saw while you were attending the, the events? Yeah, so I think, you know, I was on high alert that day, frankly. You know, I stayed home and did not go downtown because I recommend other people not to go downtown and waited for the Macintosh Park event. And was pleased to see, you know, a, a, a good a cross-section of the whole community. We'd worked hard to really, you know, encourage people that wanted to do something together to come there. You know, I think the other thing, not just the day of, but these community conversations we had beforehand, I think were really helpful. Some were really largely attended and some were smaller, but they were all very meaningful. And I, you know, learned a lot from them. So, I mean, the, you know, for me that day was trying to get through that day without incident. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I have to say, you know, it was it was not a stress-free, lovely day, but mm-hmm. it was nice to see uh, the community come together. What was your feeling at the end of the day? I know you're saying it was stressful during it. Was there a, a sense of relief, a sense of success at the end of that day? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I remember the press conference where there were no arrests, no use of force, nothing of that. And that was that was really that was really good, um, and I felt like um, during the press conference, like okay, we had good things to report here. It was unfortunate the cost that it took because we had to be over prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that night uh, there was a New York Times stringer here, and he wrote a story, and um, it was, the headline was something like "Kate comes to Dayton," and Dayton says, "I'm trying to remember what it said." It was like Dayton. Dayton says no. Or something like mm-hmm. that. It was great, and it was a great right. story about Dayton. And um, I remember reading that that night and being like, "Oh, this is a this is a great. If we have to go through this, this was a great outcome." You know, I still yeah. don't want to go through it. I still don't want it to happen again. But this was a great outcome for us. So let's rewind a little bit to that event at Macintosh Park. So I know there were you know concert kind you know like musical things happening. There were food trucks. There were people. Um, out, what was the overall mood at Macintosh? It was very friendly. I mean, it was just a nice, you know, I, I would almost say like a festival, like atmosphere. Uh, that was, it was really, really great. Uh, 
and lots of people I knew and lots of friends. And um, I remember sitting like under a tree with Brother Ray Fritz from UD and just having a nice conversation and, um, you know, some, and some, you know, real diverse acts that came out. It was a very nice, nice day. So we've talked about this a little bit at the beginning while we were talking, but this weekend began perhaps one of the hardest years that Dayton would ever face. The same weekend, Dayton was devastated by the Memorial Day tornadoes. Over the same summer, Dayton faced immense trauma as a mass shooter opened fire in the Oregon District. Um, and through the KKK rally, a sort of movement was birthed in the form of Dayton Strong. What are your thoughts on the long-lasting effects of that movement and of the events of this weekend? When I think back to that day, you know, I remember thinking, like, this is going to be one of the toughest days of the year, and really it was not. <laughs> because mm-hmm. what, we, what we had gone through had to continue to go through. So, like, it's kind of a little did we know kind of feeling. And I think right. when we're talking about it at City Hall, we've been talking about it this past week uh, with different staff, that's uh, that's really all our feeling is, yeah, this was the beginning of um, a year that was, um, incredibly difficult for our community and, uh, and and staff at City Hall, like what the city overall, the police and fire and uh, what everybody had to go through last year was incredibly, incredibly tough. Right. Many of our listeners have reached out asking about the denial of the application for the same group to gather at Courthouse Square this year. Last mm-hmm. year, the county cited fears of lawsuits due to infringement of their constitutional rights what ultimately went into the decision to not deny the application this year? So uh, every time we have an event like this, like whether it be this, uh, the the this hate group rally or the tornadoes or the shooting, we do go back and say, what could we have done differently? Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, last the last year when this came up, we didn't even know there was a permit really sitting at the at the county. And the county quickly approved it, or I view they quickly approved it. And so we really didn't have uh, opportunity to pr- pr- put pressure on that. And so one of the things that um, we decided after was the county was going to have to, we were going to have to pressure the county to deny this permit. And, you know, I know that the county doesn't like that because they could get sued and that could cost money. But, you know, if they come, it costs an incredible amount of money to protect the community. And so mm-hmm. we changed our legal strategy and, you know, also um, put a system in place so we would know what the county was doing a little more, uh, a better on that. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, and then I think you saw us come out from the city pretty forcefully demanding the county deny the permit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just something we learned from last year where we didn't really know this permit existed. It kind of came to us. We were like, what? Um, you know, and trying to be more proactive and put more pressure on the county to do the right thing on that permit. Mm-hmm. Now, I think some people are curious about, and I don't know how much you're able to speak on this, but maybe the legality of that permit and what happens if this group decides to gather even after being denied? Well, they can't deny, with they can't gather on courthouse without a permit. Everyone needs a permit. They could sue the county, and it could go to court, and then the court will decide. Mm-hmm. 
So the group released a statement that says we will still be in Dayton, Ohio on September 5th. Do you think there's a real chance that they come anyways without the permit, maybe not to Courthouse Square, but somewhere else in the city? No, I don't think so. I mean, this group, I think, likes to be heavily protected. I think they like to get people worked up. And, I mean, I think they don't have the ability to sue, and I think that they're just – Saying that they can't go to a they can't go to a park without a permit, they mm -hmm. can't have an organized gathering without a permit. So they have to have a permit. They can walk the streets. I mean that's fine. There's seven of them, but they can't have a <laughs> gathering. So you mentioned while you were talking that there's some things that maybe the city would have done differently um, if we were to go around. And obviously hindsight is 2020, but I'm wondering if you might be able to talk about some of those things that that you wish had been done differently? Well, it's not that I wish. I think you're, I think you're framing it wrong. You just learn things through a process. So I think we did the best we could and with the information we knew. But if we, again, it's like, oh, if I had to go through that again, this is what I would do differently. And you're seeing that now. You know, sure. number one, we would uh, tell the, you know, impress on the county the importance of denying the permit to a hate group. Mm. Uh, number two, uh, we passed legislation, which is amusing now because of the pandemic, and early in the year, way before the pandemic, that if you are uh, using a mask to incite fear or to do a criminal action, that it's against the law in Dayton. Uh, again, so they have to show their faces. We learned that from another city. Most of these people mm -hmm. don't want to show their faces because they'll lose their job. Mm -hmm. uh, right. You know, so uh, number three, like, they shouldn't be anonymous. You know, they should be required to say who they are. I think the county should change their permit process so it's not just one person having to give their name, but at least five people giving their names. There are things mm -hmm. the county can do to really lighten this up so it doesn't happen again. Those are the things that I think can change on the front end so that the community is not out $650,000 and has to go through that kind of pain. Right. Sure. So kind of to close out here, what messages do you want Daytonians to have taken away from this weekend? From like this weekend a year ago? Yeah. Yeah, from the weekend of the KKK rally. Look, I mean, I think I think it, uh, you, you hit on it that it is definitely the beginning of a really, really difficult, painful year for our community. One, probably one of the most difficult we've ever gone through. But we create relationships that make us stronger and that no matter, I mean, no matter what is thrown our way, uh, we are resilient and gritty, and we hold true to our values, and our values are those of inclusive, inclusivity. And, you know, I say this uh, probably every day that Dayton, you know, my vision for Dayton is that it is a welcoming community. No matter who you love, where you come from, or what you believe, you're welcome here. And that mm -hmm. is, I think, our North Star and our core, and I think we showed it through through some um, hateful outsiders coming to challenge that continue to show that through every challenge that is thrown our way. Great. Thank you. I know a lot of the individuals that we've talked to, the thing, this kind of theme that has over, been overwhelming in all of these interviews is the idea that Dayton has emerged stronger on the other side of this and that we learned the importance of working together. We learned the importance of, of being that inclusive society and, and certainly this was a traumatic event to have to go through, but 
it seems as though the outcome of this was as positive as it could have possibly been. Yes, I think so. I think so. There are things we could do better, but yeah, we are definitely learning and growing and um, our community's values and vision are staying true to our core. So I'm happy about that. Great. Well, we are very appreciative of you taking time to talk to us today. Well, thanks a lot, Lake, and thank you, Emma, for doing this. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you so you. much. And All right. have a great weekend. All right, stay safe. It'll be. I hope it's like a nicer weekend than last year, even though we're socially distancing, one where we don't have these groups and no tornadoes, right? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really crossing my fingers. <laughs> thank you, guys. Have a good thanks, one. Thanks, Mayor. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Gem City Diversity. Make sure to come back next time as we dive into our next topic. For more information on NCCJ and diversity within the Miami Valley, go visit www.nccjgreaterdayton.org. Make sure to like NCCJ of Greater Dayton on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at nccj underscore of underscore greater underscore Dayton. And follow us on Twitter at nccjdayton. I'm Emma Scoville, and I was joined today by my co-host, Lake Miller, and we'll see you next time.